Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another segment of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vanderbilt here with his trusted canine co-host, as always, Woody. And Woody's been woofing up a storm with all the news going on right now. We just got Amy Coney Barrett placed on the Supreme Court. What a just a phenomenal thing. We've got election season right now. We are seven days out. We have seven days. This Tuesday, this week, this time, next week on Tuesday, we will be voting for a lot of people. One being the president of the United States. So we're going to get into polling here on the POTUS here in a minute. And I'll look, I'll dabble into the Senate races just a bit because there's been some changes or some momentum changes in the Senate race. And as I've said before, the House, there's just not a lot of hope for the House going to the Republicans. It looks like the Democrats will keep the House, but it doesn't look like the Democrats are going to get the Senate. And the polling for the presidential election is, well, it's all over the place. When I get into it, you'll see. But what an exciting time because we got seven days left. Now, if you already voted and 56 million of you have which is an amazing number now i know i say that and i'm hearing pundits say oh it's an amazing number it's just unbelievable how many people have done uh mail-in voting well gosh darn it aren't we under some kind of pandemic thingy bobber going on of course it's going to be a bigger number it's ridiculous to get excited about it and it's ridiculous to say oh this is uh this i've never seen anything like this before bob bob i don't know what is happening and why this will come on robert slow down it's because the pandemic it's also because the democrats want people to mail and vote which will be i believe their downfall there's a story i read earlier out of trending politics where Fox News did a uh, sample. They sent out 500 ballots from across the country and like two, 11 were gone. I think nine were found, uh, two or three were not, something around those numbers. But anyway, just a hair over 2% uh, never showed up or never got counted. So if you add 2% to the number of people that are going to vote in this election, it's a lot of votes. It's enough to sway an election. And since the Democrats have been so adamant about mail-in voting, getting their people to vote early, vote early, vote often, they often say, how many of those votes that are already out there are Democrat votes and are going to get lost? If 2% get lost, now there are certain rules governing elections in the constitution presidential elections and there are a lot of rules that govern elections statewide and a lot of them state that if the ballot's not there with a post date before election day they don't count so if they get lost they get lost you know that's what you get for mailing it in unless you're mailing it in for donald trump i hope they don't get lost but anyway i digress so that could sway the election over the trending politics they were you know they they ended it with landslide no 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 it's not going to be a landslide but it could help it could help donald trump with the, the mail-in votings could if democrats overwhelmingly mail in and they get lost and that's why he has been so adamant and advocating for in-person voting now this also goes along with history traditionally democrats do more absentee mail-in ballots than republicans 
traditionally, statistically, Republicans are more likely to go to the polls. There's also a lot of chatter out there. There's going to be violence at the polls. I'm not buying that. And here's, here's also, if there is violence at the polls, it's going to be probably in leftist areas. So anyway, I, I don't want to get into that because we're going to get into some polling here in a minute. But I do want to touch on something that came out. One of the top Google searches after Hunter Biden's laptop came out was, can I change my vote? That's pretty interesting. So I'm thinking, oh, nope, you know, my, my, many of you, yeah, once it's mailed in, you're done. But I was wrong, much to my surprise when I looked it up. Seven states allow voters to resubmit ballots. Arkansas, let's see, in Arkansas, voters can resubmit absentee ballots up to two times. Connecticut, Delaware, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, New Hampshire all have different quirks about it, different nuances, but all of them have a process. Here in New Hampshire, it says process is a bit trickier. Some of them may be like that, but seven states. So if you have cast your ballot for Joe Biden, I don't understand why you did it in the first place. And you're like, the Hunter tape came out and you saw the sex tape and you're like, whoa, I don't know if I want that kid near the White House. Or, or you saw Joe bumbling the other day, not able to remember his words, calling uh, George or calling Donald Trump George in reference to George Bush. Of course, they're going to try to tell you he meant George Lopez who was hosting, but that's just not true. Or, you know, you caught Biden trying to campaign for the Senate two, three, four, five, six times. Yeah. If you caught all that stuff that Joe Biden messed up and you said, oh, crap, I sent in a vote. I don't want to vote for that guy. I want to, can I change it? Well, if you live in Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, New Hampshire, yes, you can change your vote. Some are trickier than others, but there are processes if you live in those seven states. So much to my surprise, I had no idea. Now, of course, I've not myself mailed in nor absentee ballot. I will be at the polls on election day. Now, I'm not saying or advocating for anybody not to go early voting. If you early, early voting is um, it's an option. If you know your schedule's out of whack and you can't make it on the third, by all means, you do what you got to do to vote. But please do vote red down ticket ballot. We need to take or actually say we need to keep the Senate. I want them. If you listen to my uh, last podcast, I want the left. That was actually an earlier segment of this podcast. I want the left to keep the house. Because if the left keeps the house, this is what I was talking about, they're going to go frothing ape crap because Donald Trump just got a Supreme Court justice. That's three now for him. He'll win the presidency. The Republicans keep the Senate. The left will be wounded animals, and it'll be time for them to take themselves out in 2022. So I want the left to keep the house, and it looks like they're going to. But if we look at the election now, there's a lot going on. So let's get into polling. We have seven days left. So if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen, which it looks like I'm doing already. And you can see my process. So um, I use, as I mentioned, Real Clear Politics. And Real Clear Politics is just an aggregate, but there's something different this time. And I talk a lot about Real Clear Politics. But there's something different this time. Uh, as I was going through this earlier, looking at the numbers in the battleground states, uh, you see Joe, it, right now it's at 3.9. So it's been kind of flat. 
So let's let's delve into that. And I'll do the national poll here after this because you know, I don't really put a lot of value in the national poll. Right now, the battleground states are, are where this election is at. This is this is the election. Battleground states. Just like every election, there's states that are going to go solidly Biden, solidly Trump. Like Biden's going to get California. He may not get it as much as he got it last or as Hillary got it last time. Hillary won like 30 percent or over 30 percent. She bested Trump by over 30 percent. That's what I'm trying to say. And Biden's leading, polling the same numbers, maybe one or two points lower. So if if California, if enough conservatives, if you're listening to me and I got a lot of listeners in California, I'm from California. Hello. If you're listening, get out and vote. Even if you're a Republican, you've got to vote. Even if you don't believe your voice matters, because it does. It matters in the national number. Because if President Trump wins re-election and he wins the popular vote, it takes away that canard from the left. And if we want to really put the nail in the coffin on the Democrats, we have got to win the popular vote as well as the Electoral College. So if you're in California, listen to this. Got a lot of people in California listen and Washington State as well. Love Washington State. Used to live there, Seattle. Uh, a lot of people there, vote, vote, vote if you're conservative. Your voice does matter now so more than ever because if Donald Trump gets the popular vote this time around, he's got a mandate. He's got, and, and I'm, when, if you're a leftist listening to this, I'm, I don't mean he's going on a date with a man. It's, it's, that's not what that means. A mandate means he has an agenda. So just want to make sure I clarify that. And, um, all right, so get out and vote. Now, looking at the battleground states, these six states, and it really is down to three. It's the same three as last time. We start really crunching the numbers. Right now, Biden is leading in the battleground states. They're Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Arizona, by 3.9%. Hasn't moved too much, and I don't think we're going to see too much of a movement from now till next week. I think it's going to be razor sharp all the way to the end. I've been saying this is a margins election and these numbers prove it out. So here's where you got right now is Biden's up 3.9%. And that's been a flat number for him. Uh, Yesterday, the rolling trend has been 4% for Biden, 4.1, 4.2, 4%. So he's lost a tick, just a little bit. And the, there's one state in particular where he's kind of had a little bit of a surge, and that would be Michigan. Michigan, Biden is up right now 9% in Michigan. Michigan is a very important state. When I get into the electoral votes, uh, Michigan is huge. And uh, Trump has dropped Michigan. So Biden's now up 9% in just about this time last week. Biden was up 7.2. So if you see the battlegrounds tick up a little bit, that's because Michigan polling ticked up a little bit. So Michigan is one of those states where it went where it looked like it was really trending for Trump. And these last couple of days, it just kind of actually more so yesterday. I mean, the day before it was 8.1%, 7.8, 7.2. So Michigan you know, should I worry? Should we worry about Michigan? Always worry about every state, every state. So if you're listening to me in Michigan, by the way, I used to live in Michigan. I lived in Bayshore, Petoskey, Charlevoix, and even lived in Detroit for a little while. So if you're in Michigan, listen to me, come on, get your friends out and vote. It's more important now than ever, as well as your Senate candidate, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later as well. Now, what's unusual about the battleground numbers right now, today, specifically, as I'm looking at them, 
the Trafalgar group is not in any of these numbers. Now, I don't know why. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you know that the Trafalgar group is the one that nailed it last time. They called it for, um, they called Michigan for Trump last time, and they still have Trump up this time by 1%. They're not in this aggregate. Now, I, I like real clear politics. I don't know if they're ran by leftists. I don't know if they have a huge Democrat influence in their leadership. I don't know. I don't know if uh, maybe Trafalgar Group pulled out of being in their aggregate because they have been in their aggregate for weeks now. And they have a current poll in Michigan and they have President Trump up in Michigan. So, but it's odd that in these battleground states, these, RCP aggregate right now, the Trafalgar group is not there. It leads me this morning today to be suspect of these numbers. Because without the Trafalgar group in there, I'm not sure this aggregate's right. So I'm not sure this Michigan poll is right. I believe that Trump is still going to win Michigan. Razor saying he won Michigan last time by point. 3%. But I'm going to get into more of that when I get into the Electoral College, too. So if we look at this same time last cycle uh, with Hillary Clinton, Clinton was up 6%. So now Biden is besting Clinton's trend of 2016. Again, I'm suspect about these numbers today. I have not been up until today. I, I still think Biden is struggling, but I think there's a little bit of shenanigans going on right now. Now, uh, we go to Florida, Biden's up 1.2%. And there is a Rasmussen poll in there that has Trump up point or 4%. So, and Trump has had a surge in the last couple of days. He's gone up. So Biden has lost some traction in Florida in the last day. And also at this point in time, uh, Hillary Clinton was trending better than Biden was in 2016 as well. So I still believe Trump's got Florida. Biden only up 1.2% within the margin of error. Throw two points to the Republicans almost every single time, and Trump has Florida. I believe Trump still wins Florida, looking at this poll. Now, Pennsylvania, that one has been kind of interesting because <clears throat> Biden's put a lot of a lot of energy into Pennsylvania. He's from Pennsylvania. He was born there. Uh, he's only up 4.5%. Now, uh, in the last few days, he's dropped. I mean, if we go back to this time last week, uh, we'll see. You'll see that Biden was doing a little bit better than well, he was, let's see, 5.1%, 4.9%, 5.3%, and now he's at 4.5%. And we have an insider advantage poll that has Trump up 2%. And again, Trafalgar Group, not there. Trump won this as one of those razor-thin ones by 0.7 last go-round. And if we look at uh, this same time last, last cycle for Clinton, she was up 5%. So I, you know... Um, Biden is trailing Clinton in his home state. The trends do not look good for Biden in Pennsylvania. And this is recent switch change. And Biden's put a lot of attention into Pennsylvania. So <clears throat> trends right now for Florida favor Trump, for Pennsylvania flavor, favor Trump, but for Michigan, it favors Biden. That's just in this aggregate now. Now, in Wisconsin, Biden's up 5.5% in the polls. And again, that 
has been pretty steady back October 21. Actually, if we go back to October 19th, Biden was up 6.2%. So he slipped since last week to 4.5.5%. It's a small slip, but in the world of politics and numbers, that could be big. And the there's a poll here, Susquehanna, I think is how you say it, has them tied. Again, no Trafalgar group in this polling. So I'm, again, I'm suspect all this, that all of a sudden Trafalgar group's not in this polling. Now, Trump won Wisconsin last time 0.7%. Again, Biden right now up 5.5. Let's see where Clinton was at the same time, October 27. She was up 6.7. So if we look at it, in Wisconsin, Biden is not, is, is below where Hillary Clinton was at this same point in time. Now, at this same point in time, last cycle in 2016, the Comey decision to start up the investigation already came out. It already was impacted in the polls. It was impacted in the polls about October 22nd of 2016. So these trends right now, if Biden is below Hillary Clinton's trends right now, doesn't look good for him. And that's in Wisconsin. Uh, again, Trump won that by 0.7. Then we go to North Carolina. North Carolina, Biden's up by 1.2%. Trump has surged up. Trump has got North Carolina. I mean, Trafalgar Group's in this one at up 3% for Trump. Rasmussen have up 1%. Trump has got uh, North Carolina. North Carolina has a huge switch towards Trump. And also, you've seen the same trend for Senator Tillis. Republican in North Carolina as well. And Arizona is another one. Biden is up 2.2% and just dropping like a rock. You know, just, uh, let's see, October 8, he was 3.1%. October 15, 3.5%. October 19, 3.1%. And now he's 2.2%. Arizona has been a steady tick up for Trump uh for for a number of well, for a couple of weeks now so my bet is trump has got arizona as well and again i know what the left are thinking what they think is how can you sit there and say trump's gonna win when biden's up in the polls follow the trends people follow the trends right now the only one that doesn't look good is michigan but again the trafalgar group i was looking at a poll earlier they've got trump up in michigan and you know, I don't put my eggs all in one basket of pollsters because poll, polling is, is, while it's a formula, it's not absolute because all it is is a sample of people. And that sample of people could always be wrong. But right now, in the six, six battleground states, uh, Biden is underperforming where Hillary Clinton was in 2016 in five of those six states that are the battleground states right now these are the states that will win or lose the election and i do believe that trump has five of these minimum it could he won all six last time now let's go look at some um electoral the electoral map now if you're looking at this on the youtube and you see the screen you see that biden's got 232 toss-ups are 181 and trump has 125 the what this means is that those 232 and that 125 are solid for trump or leaning towards trump and then the 181 are all toss-ups what's interesting about this is ohio went into a toss-up it was leaning 
um, I believe Republican last go round. So Ohio has moved into a toss up. But if we look at the polling in Ohio, Trump's up 0.6%. <clears throat> and Trump's been leading for a while. I, I, I still believe Trump has um, Ohio. And the Trafalgar Group's in that one, plus 1%. Or I'm sorry, plus 4%. So Ohio is one of those states that no president has ever become president without one on Ohio or Florida. So let's talk about this now with the electoral votes. I have my handy dandy scientific sheet of paper where I've been looking at the numbers. A couple of weeks ago, I put in a prediction that Trump is going to win the electoral college. And I said he'll probably get 234, 232 electoral votes. Now, as we look at it now, there's, Ohio has fallen into a toss up, but I still believe that is a Trump state. I believe Texas, they got Texas a toss up. He's going to win Texas. I believe he's going to win Georgia, my state of Georgia. The numbers have gone back up for Trump. They did dip below where Biden was leading in the polling, the aggregate polling, but he's back up. He will win Georgia. And I believe he's going to win Florida. Right there, Florida's 29 electoral votes, Georgia's 16, Texas 38. But that's not enough to win. I also believe, like I say, he's going to win Ohio. That's 18. So you take that. And I think he's going to win Arizona. Take those all out. And North Carolina. Take those all out. And he's got 252 electoral votes. Or when I say take them out, take them out of toss-up and give them to Trump. This is my prediction. May not work. May not happen. So now he's, he's shy 18 electoral votes to win. So he needs eight. He needs, if he gets Pennsylvania, he wins. He can lose Wisconsin and um, Michigan and win the election if he gets Pennsylvania. Now, Pennsylvania is a tough state. I was listening to an interview with the guy who runs or is uh, part of the Trafalgar group. And uh, he was saying in Pennsylvania, rampant voter fraud, rampant voter fraud in Pennsylvania. Historically, well, Trump won it last time by 0.7, I think. So it's important that he wins it this time. If he wins Pennsylvania, he wins the election. It's done. It's over. Even if it's only uh, 272 electoral votes, he still wins the election. This is, this is what I think is going to happen, by the way. I think he is going to possibly win a smaller margin of electoral votes this time than last time, but win the popular vote on top of it. Again, it'll take away that canard that the left's been using for the whole presidency that he hasn't won the popular vote. So, but I do, I, I, he's got a good, I still think Michigan is in play, even though RCP has a, a leaning Democrat. And I still think Wisconsin is in play. And then Minnesota, actually, Minnesota is not, it possibly is in play for the president as well, too. Hillary Clinton won Minnesota last time by 1.5%. Biden's up 6%. So Biden right now is leading Minnesota. Minnesota's a weird state when it comes to electorals. There's not a whole lot of polling for last go around. But Clinton, around this time, there's one poll that had her up 10%. 8%, 10%. But you got to look at the dates. This is a polling from 1022 to 1025, which is as close to the range we have right now. Had her up 10%, she wound up winning 1.5%. So Biden is up 6% in 
in Minnesota. There's a possibility Trump can win Minnesota by a razor thin margin. I mean, razor thin margin, just like he did in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin last go round. And then there's Iowa. Biden's up 0.8% in Iowa. Iowa's not in, it's, it's a toss up. Biden's only up 0.8. Uh, Emerson poll has Trump up 2%. Now, I know a lot of people. And, and Trump won Iowa, by the way, 9.5% last time. So chances are Trump's got Iowa in the bag this time too. So that is six electoral votes right there. So long story short, margin election. I do believe Trump is going to win the election. I don't believe it's going to be a landslide. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it is a landslide. I hope it's a landslide and he gets the, electoral, or the popular vote by a landslide as well. I hope Biden gets crushed. He should get crushed because we need that nail in the coffin of the Democrat Party. Because the, the, the more that we can push them down, if they have a small win, it doesn't really help. We need a huge win to totally take the wind out of their sails. One last point on the presidential race until we get into the Senate races is look at the campaign schedule. And that'll give you an idea of what the candidates and the campaigns think of the election and maybe where their internal polling are. As I'm recording this on a Tuesday, the 27th of October, Joe Biden's in Georgia. He's campaigning in Georgia. So he's spending valuable time and valuable resources on a state he thinks they can win. So his campaign thinks they have Georgia. Now I've been saying a long time, they don't have Georgia. I don't believe they have Georgia. Trump is polling up in Georgia right now. Biden was for a minute, but Trump is polling again up in Georgia. And now they think this state's in play for them. So that means they think Wisconsin, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania and Michigan are in the bag. Probably Wisconsin too. They probably think those states are in the bag. The Trump campaign today, Trump will be in Michigan and he'll be in Wisconsin. That's for when that's for Tuesday's schedule. So if that's where Trump is going, he's going to the battleground states, the traditional battleground states, and Biden is spending his time in Georgia. Now let's say Biden wins Georgia and he he loses Michigan because Trump is out campaigning in Michigan. Now, again, the trends look well for Biden in Michigan, but he still could lose Michigan. If Trump wins Michigan and loses Georgia, it's a wash. It's 16 and 16 electoral votes. Pennsylvania is the critical play here. And Trump will be in Pennsylvania as well. And I'm sure Biden will go back to Pennsylvania. But it's interesting that they chose right now on Tuesday, Trump's going to be in Michigan and Wisconsin. He's going to, he does multiple rallies. Biden can muster up one. We'll see when he puts a lid on it. So you've got that going on. And it's telling. It's very telling. I don't believe... Biden wins Georgia. I think they're wasting time. I think they're wasting energy. I think they're wasting resources, and I'm glad they are. So let's get on to the Senate races, because the Senate races right now, uh, the Republicans need the Senate. The Republicans need to get need to retain control of the Senate for the reasons that I've explained. Again, I want the the Democrats to win the House. Now that I'm talking out loud about it today, after the Amy Coney Barrett placement on the Supreme Court, I want the Democrats to win the House and they, or keep the House, and they most likely will. In fact, they may pick up a few seats. But the Senate's different. I we need, I want, and need. Yes, it's a need for the Democrats to keep the Senate.
So let's let's talk about the Senate now. Now, as I said earlier, I, I want the Democrats to retain the House of Representatives, but I also want the, the Republicans to retain the Senate. And here's where it looks. You've got now nine toss-up states. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my map. It's real clear politics map of the Senate. And you can see the Democrats now have 45 leans or likely Democrat and Republicans have 46. Something happened. Last time it was even. What has happened is... Arizona has switched to a toss-up. It was light leans den, and now it's a toss-up. And that's McSally. So let's start with Arizona. And Martha McSally is trailing Kelly, Mark Kelly, in the polls right now. But she does have one poll, Rasmussen. But Rasmussen, it's very Republican-centric. They lean to Republicans. But she's up 3%. Kelly's only up 4.2%. Since this moved into toss-up, this bodes very well for Martha McSally. She also just got the endorsement of Buzz Aldrin. Or Aldrin. So, and that's a huge endorsement for her because Mark Kelly is an astronaut. Another astronaut, a more famous astronaut, just endorsed Martha McSally. I believe Martha McSally pulls out a win and retains her seat in Arizona. I think the Republicans keep Arizona. And I know it, it, the, the trend has been moving towards Martha McSally for a little bit. And recently, uh, Kelly's in, had some campaign turmoil with a scandal. And I believe it was a sex scandal for one of his staffers. And or actually, no, it was one of his staffers said effing police, called it F police or something like that. And Martha McSally has just been trending up. And now she's got this uh, endorsement of Buzz Aldrin. I think she gets she retains it. Georgia's David Perdue. They've had that in toss up for a while. He's running against John Ossoff, who ran in my congressional district against Karen Handel a couple of years ago. Georgia six. He spent a gob of money and lost. And he's, I don't know if he's got as much gobs of money this time, but he's going to lose this time as well. Purdue's going to keep that. Joni Ernst of Iowa had a tremendous debate performance against Teresa Greenfield a couple of weeks ago. Just decimated her. Greenfield, if you recall, looked like a deer in the headlights when Joni Ernst challenged her on her business record. And Greenfield's only up 1.8%. A couple of polls have Ernst up 1%. I think Ernst pulls out a win for Iowa. And that stays in the Republican um, category or seat, chamber, sorry. Uh, Collins in Maine, Susan Collins, toast, toast. She is the only Republican senator that voted against uh, Amy Coney Barrett. She should have voted for her. It was a bad move on her part. She had nothing to lose, uh, everything to win by voting for her, but she voted against her because she didn't like the process. But when she was on the losing end, she was losing her race anyway, regardless how she voted. If she would have voted for Amy Coney Barrett, there's a possibility she could have hung on to this seat. Gideon, Sarah Gideon, who's running up against, is up 4% in the aggregate poll. I think Collins loses this seat. Uh, then you've got Michigan, which is a very interesting race. John James is a Republican challenger to Gary Peters. Peters is up 6%, but there's a lot of momentum for John James. If John James wins this race, Trump wins Michigan. And there's an argument to be said that John James has more coattails than Trump, but I believe there's an argument to be said that if either one of the gentlemen win, Trump wins or John James wins Michigan, both win their respective race. Trump wins Michigan, the presidency, John James wins the seat. This one's a toss-up, I believe, a true toss-up. It could be the biggest upset of the night in the senatorial races. Uh, I'm hope pulling for John James, obviously, but uh, right now we've got 
53 Republicans in the Senate. We're down one with Collins so far. There's a possibility we pick up Michigan, but it's a slim one. And then this one's new. Minnesota, Jason Lewis has gone up in the polls through Minnesota into a toss-up against incumbent Democrat Tina Smith. However, Jason Lewis was just admitted to the hospital either yesterday or early this morning for a hernia. Pretty serious emergency operation. Whether or not this helps him, don't know. But it, it's, it, you know, it is potentially life-threatening if nothing happened, if he didn't get medical attention. But right now, as we speak, Jason Lewis is in the hospital probably recovering at this point. Could help him. I don't know. But uh, that is a little, it's a hiccup in that race. We'll see how it falls. But if, you know, if, if he didn't have that where he was, didn't have to go to the hospital, so, you know, Tina Smith is up 5.8%. Um, it's, it's a long shot that J Jason Lewis picks up the the Senate seat there and gives one to the Republicans. I don't think it's going to happen in Montana. Danes is the Republican incumbent. Steve Danes is up 3.3% against the challenger. Steve Bullock. I think he wins the race that stays Republican. So now as we look at it, we're of the nine toss ups. There's one, two, three, four Republicans and two Democrats. I think we lose one of the Republican seats. That's Collins. So right now 53 goes to 52. Keep that in mind. Danes. Good. Tillis in North Carolina. He's, he's winning. He's getting his seat back. He's going he's gonna to retain his seat. Uh, his, his challenger, what is it, Cullings, Cunningham, is embroiled in a sex scandal, a military sex scandal at that. Uh, he's toast. Tillis keeps his seat. And then they got Graham in here. Uh, Lindsey Graham in South Carolina is going to retain his seat as well. So right now we're down one. We go from 53 to 52 because we're going to lose college. However, in Alabama, uh, that seat goes back to being Republicans. And the incumbent, who's a Democrat, won it in a special election, Doug Jones. The, the polling has Tommy Tuberville up so much that that's going to be a Republican seat again. And the other one that the Republicans will lose are Cory Gardner in Colorado. He's up against a very popular former Republican or Democrat governor in John Hickenlooper. He's going to lose that race. So you got, you're down to... Democrat, uh, Republicans, 53 to 51. We pick up one in Alabama. Again, 52. That's going to be the minimum, I think, where it falls out for the Republicans. There's a possibility they retain 53 by picking up that seat in Michigan. And long shot in Minnesota, possible. If everything lines up perfectly, then you've got 54 seats for the Republicans in the Senate. That's a long shot. Don't hold me to that one. I think Collins is toast. Gardner is toast. Pick up one in Alabama. 52 is where I think it is. I think recent performance, uh, recent momentum change in Arizona. McSally keeps it. Purdue, I don't think was ever going to lose it. Recent performance uh, changes for Ernst, not momentum, but performance. Her performance in that debate was phenomenal. I think that saved her seat. Uh, I think the scandal that happened to Cunningham in North Carolina protects Tillis. He saves the seat. And I don't think Graham's seat, by the way, was in danger anyway. I think the, the thing about the seat, the Senate race in South Carolina for Lindsey Graham uh, and other places where he Republicans traditionally, but primarily California. And I think with all the rallies that you've seen, nationwide in traditional Democrat states, the rallies for Trump, the enthusiasm for Trump, 
I believe he gets the popular vote as well as the presidency, but I believe he'll win fewer electoral votes. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he just blows it out. I'd love to see a Nixon or a Reagan landslide. Uh, I believe the Senate is stays in control with the Republicans or the Republicans keep control of the Senate. And I believe the Democrats keep the House. But with now a solid 5-4 court conservative, squishy 6-3, uh, and the Republicans in charge of the Senate and the Republicans in charge of the presidency, I think the next thing is to take out the Democrats in 2022. That's the next target. We're one week out, ladies and gentlemen, one week, and it's all over, or shall I say, it all just begins. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Again, our ask, Woody and I, please visit our website, thepbopodcast.com. All of our social media links are there. Click on our YouTube link, or you can find us at YouTube under Politics and Brown Liquor. That's uh, the name of our channel, Politics and Brown Liquor. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Again, you don't have to watch any of the videos, but it helps in the algorithm just by subscribing to the channel and just walk away from it. Watch the videos. Maybe you'll enjoy the videos as well. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please subscribe, 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 and do give us a five-star rating all in an effort to drive up and move up the algorithm so the show can reach more people and we can continue to fight back on the left and fight the big tech giants that are trying to shut conservative voices down. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of PBO Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor.